25 years of Jaguars football. My pleasure to announce that the uh, membership has selected Jacksonville as the 30th NFL club. It is Thursday, November 21st. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, the Almond Brother nobody talks about, J.P. Shadrick. Is that like the fifth Beatle? Sixth Beatle? Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick. Jeff Logham and Leon Searcy. Jags Titans coming up. Big Searce, what's up? I'm good. Glad to be here. Good to see you again. I'm glad to be here. Glad for welcoming me back every week. Uh, we're glad to have you every week. Yeah, yeah. We're not welcoming you back. You're here every week. I, you're I you're, you're, I, you you're know, on the team, man. I mean, you know, my, my contract is weekly renewable. <laughs> oh, really? It's a week-to-week league, huh? Okay. It's a week-to-week league. Perform- performance-based contract. Performance-based contract. Week that means to week. Leon's performance. The jury's exactly. out. Okay. Well, a lot of players, they need that contract as well. If it was that way in the National Football There'll League, be a lot of players out of, out of work this week. <laughs> Let's get to what we're There'll be some Jaguars out of work this week. Discussing Ooh. on this program uh, tonight, the uh, Jags-Titans preview coming up. Got to stop the run. Well, duh. A balanced offense would be nice. That didn't happen last week. And the AFC South preview, that's all coming up. The Doug Marone Show coming up at 5 o'clock tonight. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach a little bit later. Let's start with the run defense. Jaguars defensive coordinator Todd Wash speaking with the media today at TIAA Bank Field. The last two weeks, they've given up nearly 500 yards rushing on the ground. Todd Wash today. How do they fix it? You know, in our system, we're an attack front, so it's not like we sit and try to cover up linemen and keep them off the um, the second level. Um, so it, within our system, that's not what we do. Some systems they do. Um, but for us, you know, we're an attack system, and then when you get on a block, you got to get off a block um, is, is basically the way our system is built from the, the front seven and nickel or the front eight and base. There have been some weeks this year where they've shut down some pretty good running backs, uh, three weeks in a row, and then they went to London and – Carlos Hyde and the Texans ran all over them there. They had a week off to think about it, guys. And then they come back after that against Indy in 264 last week. Three different 200-yard games against this Jaguars defense. Is this, A, is it fixable, and how do you fix it if it is? Well, I've always believed that uh, stopping the run is is not that difficult. When I say not that difficult, from a, from a scheme standpoint, you can always outnumber the opponent in the box and, and commit to stop and run, which is what the Jaguars have done in these games but haven't been able to stop the run. Uh, stopping the run has never been a talent issue in my book. It's a commitment. It's a toughness issue. And uh, the Jaguars right now aren't playing very tough defensively. That's uh, two weeks in a row. And uh, the only way that you can stop the run is is uh, is to be committed to it and to get your best players to play better than what they played this past game. Pretty simple. Yeah, you know what? At one, at one particular point in the week is there's no drill you can do. There, there's no amount of practice that you can have. You don't need it to just, practice. It, it just comes to a run. point where the individual matchups. You say to yourself as a player, "I'm going to whoop you." I'm going to whoop you. I'm going to whoop you. And if you got enough butt whoopings going on, eventually you end up – your game plan to stop the run works. Okay, when the butt whoopings are increased on your side and decreased on their side, 
that more than likely you're going to win a football game. On the this butt is not whooping hard. scoreboard. It's not hard. It's not the, hard. The Colts won the butt whooping. Yeah, they yeah, won they, the butt whooping. And they won yeah. it by a large margin. By yes. a large margin. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just comes down to will. You know, you decide in your mind as a as a one or three or five or seven or nine tech D that you're just not going to get blocked. Now, it's going to be situations where you're going to find yourself. But if you commit to not getting blocked, nine times out of ten, you won't get blocked. And this team has allowed themselves to get blocked for back-to-back 200 yards rushing. And I look at that triangle. And if you look at the, if you look at the Texans and you look at the coast where they were beat, the one, the three, and the mic. All right, that triangle right there, if you can if you can succumb to that, if you can win those battles, more than likely you running up the middle or you're going to succeed. Yeah, the, the one, the three, and the mic, what Leon's talking about, and they, they can be different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mic, it, it, when they were in a 46 defense, it was Najee good mm-hmm. in one particular instance this past week. Uh, the three technique in a couple instances this past week, it was Clay's Campbell. Uh, it wasn't just Taven Bryan, although Taven Bryan was his, a guilty party as well. Also, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, everybody, everybody had, was guilty. Everybody had issues, and and sometimes it's a matter of what when Leon talks about about the butt whooping scoreboard. I give an example, and you might recall during the game because we talked about it that Miles Jack was looking for a penalty call on Quentin Nelson when Quentin Nelson pulled to his right, which he's a left side guard. He pulled to the right. And then he engaged Miles Jack, and it appeared that Miles Jack got kind of pulled down. Well, Miles Jack has the angle on Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson is paralleling the line of scrimmage as he's trying to come around to the right side. And Leon knows this. He's been a pull and tackle before on counter, uh, counter plays. For an offensive lineman, until you get your pads square to the line of scrimmage and moving north and south, you're at risk of getting blown up mm-hmm. when you're paralleling the line of scrimmage because the linebackers are running downhill, which Miles Jack was running downhill. When you see 56, Quentin Nelson, boy, by the way, he's a really good player, you might want to hit him in the chin on your way downhill to the running back mm-hmm. so that when you engage him, by smacking him in the mouth, you can disengage him and throw him to the side, and then you don't get pulled down. You know, so, I mean, that, that's a perfect example. That one right there goes, scoreboard butt whooping for the Colts right there because Miles didn't blow up Quentin Nelson. I mean, there, there's other examples of that with other guys too. I point that out because that one was just one that was very glaring and easy to see if people remember that particular play. Uh, because it wasn't that hard to figure out. And Quentin Nelson overall, Leon, he, he, we knew he was a good player. Mm-hmm. But, man, I don't think anybody's that good. No. And that play that you were talking about, <clears throat> the competitive advantage goes to the mic. Because when the guard is pulling, he's, he's, he's parallel down the line of scrimmage. And he's really looking straight ahead until he sees the hole to pull up. So if Miles Jackson is coming downhill, that was his opportunity to hit them in the ear hole and knock him off balance. But he did it. I mean, you did, when you got your shots, you got to take them. And trust me, if you're offensive lineman and you're going to biggest linebacker, you get a shot, you take it. So win goes to Nelson on that part. Yeah, there was uh, – you know, a lot of times when you, when you have a game and then after the game – when you watch the film as kind of as a unit. Some guys on a defense, because you got 11 guys, not everybody played bad. Mm-hmm. This game, 
I wouldn't say that everybody played bad, but there was there was a lot of blame to go around in this game, and I'm and I'm talking about the the guys that have a role in stopping the run, because everybody in the in the front eight, and I'm talking the box eight, which includes the safeties, all had a role in this game of not of of having what was I would be considered a, a very bad performance against the run. The corners in a couple instances uh, didn't do very well either. Uh, A.J. Boye missed a tackle. Trey Herndon missed a tackle in the run game. So this is one in which I, it doesn't happen very often. But when you watch the film, it, it, was, it felt worse watching the film than it did while you were watching the game. And all 11 can take ownership in, in the poor performance against the run, which is very rare. That doesn't happen very often. And, and, and I will point this out. And me and, me, me and Leon were talking about this before we came on the air. There was not a lot of effort at the end of that game in run defense. Is that um, just because the game was out of hand at that point? Or I don't, is I don't it a care. Bigger problem? I don't care if the game, if you're 40 points down, that's a matter of pride. That is a matter of pride. And when you allow an opponent to continue to – to turn the clock and then convert first downs by running the football, that that is a matter of pride, and it's embarrassing if you don't stop it because you're committing all of your resources to it. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be able to stop the run in that scenario, and they didn't. Yeah. And me being offensive lineman, watching the game, and I just remember when I played, you know, with the Steelers and with the Jaguars when we had successful run games, there's nothing more demoralizing to a defensive front when they know you're going to run the ball and you had you can't there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And and that's what the Colts did. The Colts have a fine offensive line, probably one of the best offensive lines in the league, and they just pound the Jaguars. They said, Listen, we're not gonna get cute. We're not gonna let Jacoby win the game. We're gonna win the game up front. We're gonna run this play and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And the Jaguars didn't try to attempt to do anything to stop it, in my opinion. When you give up two hundred and sixty four yards, you give up two hundred yards back to back and divisional uh, divisional games that you had to win if you wanted to stay, you know, in the hunter things. That's just just a lack of effort and a lack of intensity and a lack of desire. To be quite honest. Yeah, there was, you know, when I when I say everybody had a role, I mean Calais got reached. He was on the ground a lot. Taven Bryan was out of his gap, even though he was penetrating in the backfield. You still have to be in your gap. Uh, Avery Jones uh, was didn't have a lot of awareness on a wham play. You had Miles Jack, who was soft at times, out of position at times. Najee Good, who was out of position in the 46 defense, which that's like the, one of the most simplest positions to play in all of linebacking. And, and I'll go Leon with this. The Jaguars played what they call, call double eagle defense, or it's a Bears 46 defense. Mm-hmm. You got a head up nose tackle, which is Avery Jones, and you got Najee Good, who's a stacked linebacker behind him. And as, a, as an offensive lineman, it is. It is, it's tough to block a 46 defense. You've got everybody in a gap. I mean, you have a, we talk about a fortified run defense. There's now. people everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And the way they play it, the nose tackle always plays behind the block of the center. And then the linebacker fills front side, whichever that is. And it, it's one of the easiest reads in football for a linebacker. Mike Singletary, when people used to say, boy, how he was so fast reading. Because he was a one-read guy a lot of times. Mm-hmm. When, when, if the offense went to his left, he went left and hit the A-gap. If the offense went to his right, he went to the right to the A-gap right in front of him. And, and downhill, 
<laughs> and the Jaguars were in a double eagle, which is a Bears 46 defense, and they go to block to the defensive right. And so now Najee's got to be in that A-gap on play side, and Avery plays on the backside of the center block. And Najee Good plays on the backside with Avery Jones. That's I mean, not good. I mean, I mean that, 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 that's, that's like easy. Easy. I mean, that's not hard. That, got, that one right there was like, oh, yeah. Wow. I, I got new. I mean, this is this conversation is fairly depressing right now. I mean, there, hey, there was a play. I'll here. give you another play. Play at the end of the game, first and ten. I want to say, uh, I, don't, I think the score at that time was thirty-one seven. It was thirty-one seven. Thirty-one seven. Colts come out and they line up, and I'm, I'm trying to get the right perspective here. They've got kind of a bunch formation outside the tackle, and uh, Ngakwe's lined up as a defensive end, but he's got the wide receiver fourteen um, uh, rounds with uh, Rascal. Because we were actually trying to pronounce like Pascal. Pascal's the wide receiver. We actually were trying to do the pronunciation for the game. We said, hey, it reminds, remember, it reminds with, with Rascal, so it's Pascal. Way to go. And so 14 is, is a blocking wide receiver, Pascal. And he's lined up just outside of the tackle, you know, and just outside the defensive end. And, Leon, if you're a defensive end and your team is down 31-7, to it's first and 10, and you've got no tight end, you're outside of the tackle, and you've got a wide receiver that's cheated in, he's not in a wide alignment, he's just outside of you. Where is your attention probably going to be? Are you going to be thinking pass rush, get in the backfield, maybe the tackle's going to try and reach you, or are you thinking – maybe I ought to have a little awareness for Pascal, this wide receiver here, because he might yeah, want to be cheated. blocking me. He's cheated in. Yeah, he's out, he's not in his normal alignment. Right. So that's, you should th- you be thinking. Uh, Put your hands on up. fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sums up. Put your hands on fourteen right in front of you, and and Gakwe just goes underneath, and I'm like, hmm. you're down thirty-one to seven. Hmm. <laughs> it's first and ten. They're running out the clock. You have to be in stop the run mode. It now's not the time to jump into the backfield and think about, well, I might make a play on the backside or no, it, it stopped the run. You know, so I mean, that's when I say there's a there's a shared responsibility. It is a shared responsibility. All right, we've got uh, plenty ahead on this matchup: Jaguars defense against the Titans offense coming up, and uh, we'll we'll talk a little more of the uh, the Titans running back, of course, Derrick Henry, and that offensive line in Tennessee as well. We'll get, you, uh, Leon, your thoughts on Taylor Lewan coming up in just a little bit. We're back in a moment, though. We'll fibble around to the Jaguars' offense. How do they balance things up this week in Nashville? Hopefully they will, and hopefully they can move the ball. It's Jaguars' happy hour on the Jaguars' digital network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. 
I'm Jacksonville Jaguars General Manager Dave Caldwell. Did you know you can ride your bike to our home games and valet park for free? That's right. Stop by our check-in tent sponsored by Alert Today, Alive Tomorrow, and an on-duty Zencog bike professional will park your bike and ensure it's secure during the game. When the game is over, return your claim ticket to pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, Alert Today, Alive Tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident. Go Jacks. The season is here, and so is the Ford Black Friday event. Now for a limited time, get 20% estimated savings on select 2019 Ford models. Hurry in today. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles. Vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 12-2-2019. See participating dealer for complete details. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. I think anytime you lose a football game, um, you go back and you self-evaluate yourself, and, and, and you wish you could have done some things different than you did. And, and that's that, that, that was the case with me this week for sure. And, and um, you know, uh, it's easy to, as a player, as a coach, it's easy to not self-evaluate self-evaluate yourself after wins. And you're probably a little bit overcritical of yourself after losses. Um, that's just the way we're wired. Uh, but there are some things I wish I would have done different there, especially early in the second half, that uh, you know you go back and learn from and you, and you discuss it and, and um, you move forward. And that, that, that's all you can do. John D. Flippo, offensive coordinator today, discussing his offense and the performance last week in Indianapolis in the loss. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shattuck, Jeff Lagerman, Leon Searcy. Uh, the, the question there was about the balance or lack thereof of the offense last week. They ran the ball nine times, a franchise low in a single game. But not, looking back at it a little deeper into that second half, the offense didn't get the ball until it was 17-7. And then they ran actually three times on that drive on first down plays for a total of minus one yard combined. 
So it's not like they didn't try to run, but you that that the optics of nine rushes in a game is just tough to get past. Here, I'm, I'm gonna let the offensive lineman yeah. have this one now. No, yes. okay, please, thank you, for giving me the floor. <laughs> uh, listen, let me tell you something. Offensive lineman, if you ask any offensive lineman that played the game, whether it be in the past or at play right now. The easiest thing to do, the thing that you want to do going into the game is establish the run game, all right? You got to get going with the offensive line. If you don't get the game going with the offensive line, then the offensive line lose confidence. The, the most difficult thing for any offensive lineman to do is pass protect over 40 times, 45 times. Listen, I remember times when I was here in Jacksonville and we had some straight dogs that could go hunt as far as wide receivers go, tight ends go, running back. And if we got a little pass happy, me and Basella would come to the sideline and get in the coordinator's face and say, hey, look, run the damn ball. Because the last thing we want to do is be pass protected. You got to establish the run right then and there. And that was a panic move. Hey, listen, when this, the Titans played the Chiefs and they were down about the same amount, they stuck to the run. Derrick Henry in the running game got them back in the game. When you establish that running game, it opens up it opens up lanes for the passing game. So I mean, it, I don't I don't like the excuse that that we you know I don't like the fact that we abandoned the run. I think you gotta have a little bit more confidence in your offensive line to establish the game is still within reach. Seventeen seven, mm-hmm. get the get the running game going. But if you wait a quarter and a half to all of a sudden start getting to get, get the offensive line back in the game by running the game, by that time you know that confidence is shot. You know, there's no real desire to do it because all you're doing is pass protecting the mass majority of the time. Tannehill had 19 passing attempts in that game, the Tennessee versus Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. Okay, 19 passing attempts, and they scored 35 points. He only had 19 in the whole game. 19. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, let me ask you this, Leon. The Colts haven't given up a 100-yard rusher in 27 games, so as an offensive lineman, you probably think that you just can't run the ball against them, right? They haven't given up a what? The Indianapolis. Oh, Colts, they want to give. Oh, they hadn't. They, given they have not given up a hundred-yard rusher in twenty-seven games. So as an offensive lineman, you probably think that you know what? We better not try to run the football. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> we taking that as a personal challenge. Exactly. Especially in the meeting room because you know what the you know what the offensive line coach is saying. The offensive line coach is saying, you know what? This team hasn't given up a hundred-yard rusher in the last twenty-five games. What are we going to do about it? And now that means going into the week, we've already got the mindset. That we want to end this streak, so give us, you know, give us the opportunity to end it. I mean, we're not going to listen any type of challenge. We're not trying to run from it. We're, so, we're trying to run at. So it. if you if you had nine carries in a game in which you do you think you accepted the challenge or did, did no, they, they didn't accept no, the challenge? I didn't accept the challenge. Got a quarterback first time starting since September. Yeah, two, two, two and a half months hasn't played the game, yeah. and we're going to let him throw the ball forty seven times. Yeah, that sounds real good. Why don't you put the onus on the offensive line? Put it on the line. The offensive line should have said, "Listen, if any if Mick, Nick Foles is going to have any kind of success in this game, we've got we can't be one dimensional. We got to be able to run the ball and give him opportunities." Listen, we all know what Nick Foles does best: the deep ball and play action. When he was with Philly, play action and the deep ball. When he had his tight ends, so why not establish the run game and give him the you know he could become more of a dual threat. But giving him letting him throw the ball, I think he had arm fatigue, forty-seven passes. And only nine rushes. There's no balance there. Man, that's a lot of that's a lot of throws. First time out of the gate, guy that hasn't played in a, in a game in a game. Mm-hmm. We're talking look practice. You can have 21 day window all you want. It's not game speed, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Nick started out real well in that game, and mm-hmm. you could just you could just see that was it. 
You know, it was like at the beginning, bam, and then that was it. The first two drives, they had balance. They were running the ball some, and, you know, they moved down the field. The holdy called, you know, stalled Mm -hmm. the first drive, and then they go down and score a touchdown. Yeah, the the amazing thing is you've Mm -hmm. only got nine rushes in that ball game, and so when you have nine rushes, a lot of times as, as, as a passing team, you have zero yardage game plays or you have minus yardage plays. And what happens, exactly what happened with the Jaguars. In that game, I want to say that there was 14 third downs, 14, I think. And out of those 14, 10 of them were third and seven plus. Look, the numbers, the numbers of converting third and seven plus are not good. And that's why when you run the football, I mean, you might end up bloodying your nose and get three yards and, you know, get a cloud of dust in two yards, even though you're on artificial turf. But, look, that's, that's sometimes that's what you got to do. And, and I will say that when Leonard did get the ball, he was not very good either. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't stay committed to some of the holes. So, um, but you got you to call more than, than yeah. nine runs. Yeah, and also what you got to do is you got to mix it up in a run. I mean, you got to get some of these offensive linemen in space some screens, some toss you cracks, get, you know, get them flowing, get them rolling, get them, you know, I mean, maybe we don't match up that well on one-on-one, you know, blocking or double-team block or whatever. So get some of these guards, get the guards, the tackles, the centers out in space, you know, around, you know, safeties and corners and outside linebackers. And, and get Leonard going downhill. Yeah, I mean, well, Leonard's a downhill runner. This, this zone stuff that sometimes that – No, I'm not talking about zone. I'm just talking about screens. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. screens, yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the one thing that – I think also with with that game is that you had an injury to set the valve, what, Thursday of last week. Mm-hmm. And so now you're missing a tight end, which I'm sure set the valve is a big part of big part of your rushing attack. Oh, I mean, he lines up his fullback sometimes, H-back sure kind of deal. Yeah, and there's sure. your lead back. There's yeah. your downhill stuff. You know, here's another blocker. And I just wonder, did the combination of, of – Looking through Nick Foles' glasses, I call it, you know, because you're like, oh, we've got our guy back. We feel really good about throwing the football. And all of a sudden, now we just lost a tight end. Well, now we just got we got to throw the ball. I mean, was you wonder what is was that the mindset? You know, I don't know. But, you know, you go back to the to the game before, which was before the bye in the game against Houston. Gardner Minshew ended up on the injury report, had a shoulder. I want to say it was a Thursday that he was added later in the week. And it was uh, pretty apparent in that ball game early on that he was not very accurate. The ball was kind of sailing high on him. And uh, it was a game which I think Leonard had 11 carries in that game. And I, and I understand that the Houston Texans had a lot of injuries in the secondary. I understand that it was the same way against the Indianapolis Colts that they had some injuries in the secondary. But sometimes you got to be who you are. You know, and the Jaguars, you are a physical – or what you want to be, you want which, to be. and your your recipe for success in the past has been you're going to be a physical football team, run the football, and then play action pass. And then defensively, you want to be a physical defense. And, and for two weeks now, this team has not been a physical football team. All right, let's come back. Um, we'll flip it around. There's not much left to say on that, I think. Uh, I think we've pretty much summed it up on the offensive <laughs> side here. We'll come back a little more on the defense. And Derrick Henry. Uh, lining up with hands on knees behind the quarterback, waiting to run against this Jaguars defense. Can they do what they did early in the year against him? Let's hope so. We'll come back and, and break that matchup down 
in just a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Be the MVP of your next tailgate with the official wing of the Jacksonville Jaguars from Dick's Wings and Grill. Whether at the stadium or cheering from home, game day every day with Dick's 365 wing varieties, burgers, wraps, and more. And for somewhere to catch all the sports action, Dick's Wings and Grill's 23 area locations have been a local fan favorite for more than 20 years. For the best wings, ice-cold craft beer, and best fans, feed where the big cats feast. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for a location nearest you. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers who can provide first-class customer service. Recognized as a best place to work on the First Coast, they'll train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you'll need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. This Jaguar season, how would you like an all-inclusive air-conditioned suite for your tailgate? Mike Dempsey here for Party Shack. It's a turnkey setup that means no prep on your end. You can host clients, staff, and friends to catered food sponsored by Publix with a full bar, top deck roof lounge, and best of all, air-conditioned comfort with two TVs in each suite. So take your whole office or group of friends to the top-of-the-line Jaguars tailgate experience. Book your company's Party Shack suite right now at jacksvillage.com. jacksvillage.com. Welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour with your Jaguars Digital Update. I'm Ashlyn Sullivan. As we all know, the emphasis this week has been stopping the run. The Jaguars giving up 264 yards against the Colts. This week coming up, they'll face Derrick Henry. And Josh Allen told me you have to tackle him a different type of way. You got to smack that man. You got to, you know what I'm saying? You got you to hit him. You got to bring him. You got to bring a lot of people to the ball. You know what I mean? It's... You know, you you gotta you gotta play like how you play in the backyard. You gotta you gotta hit them. You know what I mean? Ain't no 
you know, passive break. You gotta, you gotta run through them. You know, hit them low, but not too low. You know, he's just like I said. You gotta smack that man. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. I respect that, but you got We gotta bring our thing though. Nick Foles' second game back this Sunday after breaking his collarbone. Yes, this team is 4-6 and six right now, but Nick Foles says, relax, everything is going to be okay. Not pressing means don't freak out. Um, I'll let everyone else freak out. I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to continue to come to work. I'm going to continue to, you know, believe in my teammates. Um, you know, I don't come in here and say, ah, it's just going to happen. I mean, we put in a lot of work, and, you know, coaches are, you know, working hard towards the pl uh, game plan. We go out there and practice to fine-tune it. Um, it's just one of those things where it's just got to be ingrained in who you are. Titans injury report from today. Limited a day was tight end Delaney Walker and defensive back Chris Milton. Chris Connolly will be our guest on All Access Night live from Mayport. And stay tuned for the Doug Marone Show coming up at 5 o'clock. Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Clyde's got it at the 20. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Clyde Simmons, touchdown Jaguars. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Leon Searcy. Ashlyn Sullivan had the update there. Jags-Titans coming up at Nissan Stadium, Nashville. The Jags have lost nine of the last 11 trips to Nashville, Tennessee. Another pleasant place to play. No. Trust me, I experienced it in 99. 41 uh, to 14. Oh. <laughs> that was probably one of the better teams we had. Well, probably the it best, the team, best we, team, best we've team we've ever had. had and we got smacked. Uh, oh, over three. Huh? Over three. Over three. Yeah, yeah, we had Blaine Bishop on earlier today. And I brought up the 0 and 3 record. And, you know, I was surprised. He didn't say he owned us. Which they did. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. <laughs> it's, it's, it says it for itself. <laughs> oh, three says it for itself, doesn't it? Right. I think so. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, going back to 2013 is the last victory for the Jaguars. You remember that game much? I don't. It was a Will Blackman quadfecta game where he stripped the guy, picked it up, yeah, ran I do in for a touchdown. That. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's right. That's the, how long it was. The last Jaguars win. Amazing. Wow. And it's uh, been a long time. And when you look at it, that the the Tennessee Titans have been the more physical team in those games, and that's always kind of been their calling card ever since. And look, anytime you're a football team that doesn't have a great quarterback, that's your calling card. That's that's what it has to be. And the Tennessee Titans, for many years, haven't had a very good quarterback play. And even when they had McNair, that's that's what their calling card was anyway, because he yeah. wasn't a franchise passer, but he was a franchise he quarterback, yeah. and yeah. he could run. Yeah. And you know, so they were a physical team. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was telling Blaine today that I felt that Derrick Henry was a big, faster, meaner Eddie George. And mm -hmm. that offensive line that they had, you know, with Benji Olsen and Brad Hopkins and, and John Runyon, they prided themselves on beating. Who is the left tackle? The the, the guy that was uh, – That played with the Titans back in the day? Yeah. That was that was Hopkins, Brad Hopkins. No, 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 the no. one that was after him. Oh, I can't remember who it was. Brad Hopkins was back in the day, but it was. Uh, I have to look it up. Anyway, Brad Hopkins was good football. Yeah, player. he was good football. Player. But yeah, that that's what they, that that was their staple back then and even today is that no, we don't have the best quarterback, you know, in the backfield, but we have a running back that's going to plow in between the, in between the, uh, the center and the two guards. And we're going to play physical, hard-nosed football with you. That was their mainstay in '99. That's their mainstay here. That, I mean, and 
you look at the offensive line. One of the offensive lines I, I, I like, uh, Taylor Lewan. Yes, left Six, tackle. 6'7", 305. He's mm-hmm. mean, he's nasty, he's get after it. Uh, he's going to be a handful in the game. Now, the one thing, the knock against him is that he leads the team in penalties. He has nine penalties. And last week against the Chiefs, it was three costly penalties that could have cost him because he had unnecessary roughness and he had the two holding calls. But as far as right tackles go, um, you know, him and Lane Johnson, I like those two. I like yeah, those Con- two Conklin's a pretty good player. He's not what he was prior to the knee injury that he sustained uh, two years ago. And last year he was trying to fight back and fight through a lot of the uh, stuff from recovering from a knee. And then he was dealing with something else, eventually ended up on IR. But he looks like he's playing better this year. He's played in all ten games. Taylor Juan is having a little bit of a, a struggle with some edge speed. And I think that's partly why he has the number of penalties that he does. And he missed the first four games, remember? He suspension, he's he, yeah, yeah. uh, PED suspension. Didn't play, the, didn't play against the Jets. That's when they played Kelly uh, at left tackle. Uh, they're, they're good offensive line, but I, I love Derrick Henry as a running back. I've, I've loved him since JP. He was at the University of Alabama because I remember when, heck, uh, 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 the running back that we ended up drafting here in Jacksonville, uh, T.J. Yeldon. Yes. And I remember time. when that draft class was coming out, and it was very apparent that the Jaguars were going to draft a running back, and I was watching the college film of all these guys. And every time I'd go to watch T.J. Yeldon or the film of Alabama to watch some of T.J. Yeldon, every time you saw Derrick Henry in the game, I was like, God, he's way better than this Yeldon guy. Mm-hmm. I hope we're not going to draft this Yeldon guy, are we? Because the other guy, Derrick Henry, is way better. Than Yeldon. Well, Yeldon was the guy they used kind of in the passing game out of the backfield screen game. That was kind of their – and he ran some, but he wasn't that he wasn't home Derrick run Henry. threat. Yeah. And when Derrick Henry's on the field, was, Alabama was way better. It was over. It was over. And uh, and it's kind of taken him a little while to kind of – to be that dominant back at the National Football League level. What Last year was his first 1,000-yard rushing season, but he's been sharing the backfield for a long time. And now he's kind of the man, and Deion Lewis is just the – you know, the third down type of specialty back. His – arguably his biggest game in the NFL was hey, he's against got, the – he's got, a, he's got a freaking sign in a town. I mean, you know he's good. When you got a sign – Oh, in Yuli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you got a sign for your hometown, you're pretty good. Yeah, you're pretty good. Yeah. Eisen Trophy winner, yeah. And Yuli up the road here. Um, arguably his biggest game in the NFL was against the Jaguars last year where he had four touchdowns, well over 200 high. yards. I mean, it is – it is a performance that you hear pretty much every day on NFL Network when Mike Keith is yelling, 99 yards, and that was early in the game, and then he had a few more scores after that. Um, what, 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 when he gets outside against little guys, it's lights out, right? That's what they want to do. Well, on that 99-yard run, he, he got uh, stiff-armed A.J. Boye a couple times. He stiff-armed Leon Jacobs. He stiff-armed Miles Jack. Uh, that was not a very good play. And uh, and that's what they try to do. I mean, look, he's a big back. I mean, he's 240-plus, 50 pounds, whatever he is. Mm-hmm. And the Titans like to be able to get him on the perimeter of the defense because when he does get on the perimeter of the defense, he's got good enough feet to where he can avoid tackles that are low. But then he also is a dominant physical presence, and he can push the defensive backs around. And, and it's wise for the Tennessee Titans to try to get him outside on the perimeter. What did the Jags do differently this year against him? Why was it so? Why were they so successful uh, in the earlier games? Scored a touchdown, but you only like forty-four yards. Rushing you execute in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You execute. I mean, there's no yeah. there's no mysteries about how do you stop a running back. I mean, you you execute. 
and that's what the Jaguars' defense was able to do. And then they got some early scores, which I think the Tennessee Titans, uh, I don't want to say they abandoned the run, but mm-hmm. they, yeah. they didn't, they they the didn't stick with it like they did yeah. against Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. And, all, you know, the, t- the Titans, they're known for bully ball. And they had beaten the Jaguars, like, what, four or five straight? And, and that, it was a Thursday night game, night game. And at some particular point, as a team, you got to say enough's enough. All right, and, and Jacksonville just happened on that day, that Thursday night game. They played well. They played well on offense. They played well on defense. Derrick Henry couldn't stand a chance. They were in attack, attack form on both sides of the ball. So I think in that, you know, in that particular moment, that Thursday night game, Jacksonville was just to the point where I hear, they heard all week that you couldn't beat this team, and they seized the opportunity that Thursday night to get it done. So hopefully, you know, the fact that they haven't won in Tennessee in a very, very, very long time, maybe they could – you know, swing the pendulum a little bit and say, hey, look, enough's enough. You know, we've been running on 200 yards back-to-back. We've given up three 200 yards uh, rushing in, in this season alone. Uh, we're not going to let it happen this week, this Sunday at 4 o'clock. I thought that after that game that the Titans were going to bench Mariota. After that game? After that game. It took him a little longer. Oh, yeah, he was bad. He was bad. He was, he was barely 50%. He was largely ineffective. He didn't do anything with his legs, so to speak. And I, I, Because, you know, you, you kind of heard some of the rumors that Tannehill was looking better in training camp. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of in, – in my mind, I was kind of wondering how long are the Tennessee Titans going to stick with Mariota and before, you know, and then or are they going to turn to Tannehill sooner rather than later? So I, I really thought at, after this game that that would be it for Mariota and they would turn to Tannehill, but it took them a few games later on to do it. And ever since they have turned to Tannehill, they have been vastly better, mm-hmm. vastly better. So yeah. it, and, <laughs> and he's completing 70%, 71% of his passes, eight touchdowns. He's and got he's the down the field too. Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's, you know, he's, he's definitely utilizing the deep ball. And then when you've got a running back like Henry, who's got over 800 yards rushing, 4.4 yards of carrying eight touchdowns, I mean, that's inspiring, especially when you, you – let me say, and players know in practice who should be playing, okay? Mariota probably stuck in there because he was the franchise pick, first-round pick overall and everything. But if they got a guy, just like Russell Wilson, when Russell Wilson came to Seattle that in that, that training camp, they, they had paid, what's his name, from the Packers, all that Flynn, money. Uh, yeah, who, uh, Matt Flynn? Matt Flynn. Flynn, yeah. Pay right? him all that Free money. NC. But players saw that, wait a minute, this guy Russell, he's way better than all the money mm-hmm. we spent. Same way in any practice. Mariota, in practice, players like, why is he still playing? And this guy's better. And then, you, then when they make the change, the player's like, okay, that's inspiring because now the, all the politics of, of the game is thrown out the window because now you want to win football games. And he's got he's got some receivers that are playing playing better for him too. How's the rookie from Ole Miss? Pretty good. AJ Brown. He's a he's a legitimate deep threat. He's big. Yeah, he's a he ripped, big, big, big dude. Real big dude. Yeah. Big ripped. dude. Well, he's not as big as his uh, his cohort, the one that ended up in okay. Seattle, right? I think so. Yeah. The other guy from from that school, but yeah, no. AJ Brown's a big guy, big receiver. He's got uh, deep speed. You know, Tajay Sharp has kind of been their deep guy. But now you add this A.J. Brown to the mix. And then Corey Davis has been a little banged up. He had a hip issue. He was inactive this past week. Uh, but they have, when he's healthy, they have three guys that can go deep. But the guy that has really emerged is the guy that they acquired in free agency, which is Adam Humphreys, who caught the game winner against the Kansas City Chiefs. And he, they got him 
in free agency from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He wears number 10. He's kind of a little guy. Kind of reminds me of a Julian Edelman kind of a kind of a receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, that smaller, shifty, possession type. But uh, I think he's their leading receiver, and he's a good football player, and, and he's become a favorite for the quarterbacks in Tennessee pretty quickly. So, quite a challenge this week, Jags and the Titans. We'll come back in a moment, and we'll look at the AFC South, the division standings. We'll look at the AFC playoff picture. You seem skeptical, Locks. Well, last playoff picture for who? Well, the AFC South. And the Jags are still alive. They're in the hunt on the graphic you're about to see. Oh, okay. When we come back. Mm. We'll see if there's like a path. i like to see that. Their yeah, path to the I playoffs. See, I want to see that graphic. And we're going to talk about 96 when we come back, too. Mm. All right. Uh, Sounds good. Back in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The season is here, and so is the Ford Black Friday event. Now, for a limited time, get 20% estimated savings on select 2019 Ford models. Hurry in today. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles. Vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 12-2-2019. See participating dealer for complete details. This NFL season, the pregame starts at Duncan for DD Perks members. Because this game day, Duncan is offering Jaguars fans a $1 medium hotter iced coffee. So don't just celebrate your team's success from the sidelines. Head to Duncan and start celebrating before the game even begins. You heard that right, Jaguars fans. Duncan is giving you some extra fuel to cheer on your team. So this game day, it's easy for you to get a kick before kickoff. The Jaguars and America run on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limited one per member. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise and competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Jaguars Happy Hour continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Leon Searcy, Jags Titans coming up. And uh, coming up at the top of the hour, the Doug Marone Show. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach ahead of this week 12 matchup in the AFC South. Um, fellas, we, we ended last segment talking about 96. Remember the 96 Jaguars? You guys were, you know, on that team. You know that. We were? Yeah. Yeah, we were. You, you, yeah. Oh. Uh, but that team was 4-6. and six. In fact, they were 4-7 and seven at one mm. point. And rallied to get in the playoffs. Yeah. So it's possible. So we're going to well, put on our rally caps. So there's hope. Starting this week. <laughs> right? You got to win. You got a rally cap? Yeah, you got a rally cap. Yeah, we'll put it on. Really. One, the, one, the, the difference between that 96 team was that a lot of those games we lost close because we were very competitive. Okay. All right? We could run. We could pass. And we were in a lot of games. We lost a lot of close games. Got it. I don't think we gave up three games over 200-yard rushing in ever, ever. Yeah. Nope. Because you had you had you, had Clyde, you had mm. you had uh, Schmang, Schmingy, and Yerk, Yerk, and Don, Don Davy, and Yerko, and you know, yeah. I call you know I call us the the land of misfit dolls. But yep. for whatever reason, <laughs> you know, we just we just kept fighting. Castaways. Yeah, we were we were castaways. Here are the the losing results that year. By the way, thirty four twenty seven was a loss. Seventeen three at the Raiders. Twenty eight twenty five in overtime in New England. 17-13, 17-14, 28-21. I mean, those are all closed or one-score games. You right? You're right there in yeah. those. So, yeah, a little different this time around, especially the last two weeks yeah. against division rivals, uh, really not coming close. But it's possible. Mathematically, oh. it's possible. Well, you, you got, I want to see the graphic. Do we, do we got a graphic? Yeah, AFC playoff picture. You, the uh, division leaders, of course, are um, one, two, three, and four in the seedings, and then current the uh, wild card would be the Bills and the Texans. Patriots at 9-1 and one would be the number one seed today. Baltimore, Kansas City, Indy. Wild card, uh, the Bills and the Texans. Of course, the Texans and Colts play tonight. In the hunt, Raiders 6-4 and four, playing good ball. Steelers somehow are 5-5. Five and five. Titans right there at 5-5. Five and five. And then the rest, Browns, Jaguars, Chargers. There's a few teams not on the graphic because they really don't have a true ch- shot at it. So, yeah. so what you're saying? You're saying there's a what, so, what's the percentage? Just put a number on what are the Jaguars' chances? Oh, it's low. I mean, it's low. I don't know. I mean, you got to win. You got to win all the games, right? I mean, it, you got to win out six games to get to ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, five to get to nine, and then you need a lot of help. At you're that good point. at math. Thank you. You're good. I give you that. You're good at math. I took a couple of classes in Tuscaloosa. That's about it. It's uh, it's a it's a long road. I think the 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 reason I say that, or I think that this team is you don't compare it to '96, and I think it's hard to compare any team to '96. And I'm not trying to, to say that we were great or anything like that, but that was pretty unique, a, a, a unique set of circumstances that we were a second year franchise that had no expectations attached to us. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected us to be good. I think some people within our own building didn't expect us to be good. Mm-hmm. We were just trying to build to the future. And so I think there's a big difference when you can exist without the expectations being attached to your football team. And I think that that's kind of what made us a little bit unique. Mm-hmm. Look, we were we were just allowed to to exist without a lot of criticism. I mean, I know that a lot of people had higher expectations than what we were at that point and wanted us to do a little bit better, but we were a second-year franchise. 
And people are like, man, we're just glad we got the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. We're playing with house money. <laughs> Total house money. Total house money. <laughs> and then, you know, it was at some particular point, you know, when we were playing in 96, and we had no – if, if, I, I, if I sit here and tell you at 4-7 we had desires going to the playoffs, I'd be lying to you. Shoot. I'd be lying to you. We're just trying to win a game. We're just trying to win a game. All we, <laughs> all we did week in and week out, is whatever team that maybe had aspirations to play in the playoffs, we were looking to knock them off. Let's try to let's try to let's try to dance. Let's let's play spoiler. And then before you know, you knock off one, two, three. Next thing you know, you got a streak. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't want three straight. Yeah, we're we're five hundred. You're like, wow, we got five hundred. Five hundred, and then we go we go eight and seven, and then I think the worst thing me and Logan talked about this about a couple of days ago. The worst thing they could have told us is that. You beat Atlanta, you go into the playoffs. And then that was probably our worst game. Total worst game. <laughs> totally that worst game. So when we yeah. got notion that we could make the playoffs, we played as bad as we bad, as we could have played. And then, you know, missed field goal, next thing you know, we're in there. And then we got well, – once you got into the playoffs, we were – we felt like we were again playing with house oh, money. Oh, sure. And we were actually joking around because we were we were like, "What do we get paid in the playoffs?" We, we weren't we even were. thinking no, about it. So we started we looking at the the checks for the winners and losers. Like, <laughs> dude, we're winning whether we win or lose. Exactly. Right. We're getting a little extra money. There you go. And then once we beat them, then we were, it was kind of the up? same attitude in Denver. Mm-hmm. But then when we went to New England, it was there's a Super Bowl on the line. Yeah. And so now you have. Pressure, a pressure. Yeah, then. now the it's expectations yeah, of the Lombardi yeah. Trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, all of a sudden, there was no house money anymore mm-hmm. when you go to New England. So, uh, all right. So I'll lay right. off the '96 comparison. It, it is. It is. I mean, I, I, it is. It's very hard to compare uh, unless you're talking about an expansion franchise. It's kind of hard to compare it with that season. Pretty unique. Thursday night football tonight: the Colts at six and four, the Texans at six and four. First place on the line in the AFC South. Who do you guys like tonight? Uh, Texans, you know, they haven't been playing. Well, last week they got the doors blown off by the, the Ravens. Where's that? It's in Houston. Mm. Hmm. I think it's great. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can tell you this. I think that uh, Indianapolis should be able to run the ball against Houston. I believe that I think Indianapolis also should be getting T. Y. Hilton back tonight. Is yes. that is that true? Correct. Correct. So now you got a guy back and by the way, that was the first game they had won without T. Y. Hilton against mm-hmm. the Jaguars this past week in their in their history. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh it's where? In Houston? In Houston, yes. Boy, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh Deshaun Watson, M V P candidate, you know, and, and is I'll, he anymore? After last week? Well, I mean he's still I mean, he had one one game that wasn't great against Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's a candidate. He's not. Yeah, he's a candidate among the yeah, leading. One game is not going to take him out yeah. of the yeah. out of being a candidate. I don't know. That's a tough game to pick. Tough game to pick. And I, I I can say this. I don't know. I don't know if Indianapolis has enough speed up front to catch Deshaun Watson. You know, because the Jaguars when when they played in early in the game, he was just he's slippery, and uh, and if Deshaun Watson plays like he did in London, I'll take Houston. Oh yeah, mm. I mean pretty much every week he plays like and that. And they're home. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a, it's this a is a short week. I can tell you this: I'll be glued to the TV tonight. Big game. I, I think this is yeah. a, I think this is a great matchup. Great matchup. Leon, who do you like tonight? Um, well, I tell you what, the the Colts. Um, you know, there's no real star power on the Colts team. They just they do a lot of things well on both sides of the ball. They got a solid offensive line. 
they, you know, I won't say they have a disruptive defense, but they they play sound defense. Play hard. They, yeah, they remind me of you know what they remind me of the Spurs. You know, nothing flashy. They just do everything right. Of right? the who? The Spurs. You going I'm, NBA? I'm, talking, I'm going NBA. <laughs> or, I'm calling. I'm gonna call Indianapolis the big fundamental. All right. They, they're fundamentally, they're sound on both sides. I'm gonna have to get a little help on the on the NBA fundamental the, the knowledge. Big, here. I just said the, the big, big fundamental. fundamental. <laughs> right. Big fundamental. Yeah. Tim Duncan. So, you right? know. So and, and, and listen and. The only shot we have is that we, you know, the Texans have already beat us twice, and we got to play the Colts again at the end of the season. So, um, I'm gonna go with the Colts to win. I think the Colts up front can run the ball. I think that the, they'll establish the run against the Texans. If you can somehow you can't you can't control it, but if you got if you can contain Deshaun Watson. You know, he's like a magician out there when he gets out the side of the pocket. Keep him in the pocket, get the sacks. And I'm taking the better offensive line. I think the Colts have the better offensive line. They're protecting and running the ball. So I think they're going to be just as effective tonight than they were last week against us. I'll take the better quarterback at home. Okay. Wow. Is there – are we going to make it interesting? Uh, no, 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 no. We're not I've already that. lost okay. a bottle of booze to Leon oh, that's right. this year. Yeah, I don't over. need to lose another you're one. You're over. Yeah. How tough is this task for the Jaguars Sunday in Nashville? I mean, how many times have they won there in the last 10 years? uh, Of the last 11 years, they've won twice up there. Mm. And so you're asking me how tough I think it is? Throw that stat out there again? Say that again? Two of the last uh, – they've lost nine of the last 11. So two out of the last 11 trips have – only two out of the last 11 have been victories in Nashville. 2013 and 2010. That ought to tell you right there that uh, this is – and and here's the other thing. It's a uh, four o'clock kick, uh, a little bit idle time. It's going to be a little chilly. At uh, I think the the stadium is going to be rocking, regardless of the outcome tonight in in tonight's game. So, you know, I, I think this I think this is a tough game for the Jaguars in a lot of different ways. And uh, Tennessee Titans lost before, but they're looking for a little payback. You know, at I think this is a tough game for the Jaguars, I think, in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, when you, when you just look at the numbers of what the Jaguars' defense has allowed in the last two weeks against the run and the number of points that they've scored. How many points have they scored in two games, last two games, a offensively? Of, of the Jags? Yeah. Not many. Uh, 16? 16, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be a tough one. Tough one. All right, uh, what do you think, Leon? It's going to be a tough one, Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. Ditto. Thank you, Leon. <laughs> when you work with words, hey, words are your there words. You go. That's that Miami education. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Leon, thank you very much, as All always. Right. Great to you. see you. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Okay, performance-based, hopefully. <laughs> you're, he, you're on the team, Leon. <laughs> just joking. You're talking about I know, I know. I'll see you Sunday. You're here. Uh, there he is. Leon Cersei joining us, former Jaguars right tackle. Jeff Lagerman, you've got uh, – all access coming up tonight? I do, at Mayport. Uh, Salute Service Week. We are going to be doing a show from one of the Navy ships. Awesome. Yeah, it's, so we, we did that a couple awesome. years ago, and it was incredible. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good. Coming up next, the Doug Marone Show. We'll hear from uh, Tony Baselli as well on location for Thursday Night Football. Thank you for watching and listening. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.